I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Wednesday, November 15th. It's now up to the Quincy City Council to decide if they want to flip the IHOP restaurant property on Parkingway in Quincy Center to Atlantic Development of Hingham for construction of a seven-story, 300-unit apartment building with ground-level retail space that may include a Trader Joe's market. The City Council this week approved the eminent domain taking of that property and to pay property owner LBC developers $9.45 million for the site. The money comes from revenues generated by new tax revenue created in Quincy Center. The City Council had previously approved the funding back in June. An 800-space parking garage would also be created at that site and owned by the city. If IHOP cannot find a suitable site to move to, the city would also have to compensate the restaurants. A family from Plymouth is finally home after they were stranded in Gaza for weeks due to the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas. The family landed at Logan Airport yesterday afternoon and shared their story. The Shafai family embraced in emotional hugs as they stepped foot back in the United States. Shafai, his wife, Sana, and their three children had been visiting family in Gaza when the war between Israel and Hamas broke out in October. On the ground in Gaza, the Shafai family said fresh water and food is not available. The family said civilians are starving. The family escaped the devastation last week, fleeing to Egypt after six earlier attempts to get home. One of their attempts to flee failed due to a mistake on the Israeli customs list, which had originally only allowed the parents to pass through and did not list their children to go with them. With the experience now behind them, the Shafai family is thankful to be together back home on American soil. They said they're grateful for the federal government, their neighbors, and their friends for helping them get home safely. The family is now calling for a ceasefire. State lawmakers announcing late last night that the Senate has reached an agreement on extra funding for emergency shelters. The House passed its version of a $250 million funding bill last week. The Senate approved that funding as part of the supplemental budget that was passed. Both the House and Senate favor putting $250 million toward emergency shelters in the state, However, how that money is allocated is spent very differently. In addition to $250 million, the Senate's budget provides $10 million for resettlement agencies to assist immigrants and refugees and authorizes the use of up to $2 million in available funds from the Workforce Competitiveness Trust Fund to support career centers in their efforts to assist immigrants and refugees secure federal work authorizations. Governor Mara Healy asked the legislature a few months ago for an extra $250 million to help support the state's emergency shelter system, otherwise funding would run out in January. On Monday, the Senate agreed to give Healy the $250 million, and they're allowing her to spend it how she sees fit. The spokesperson for Senate President Karen Spilka says this would give Healy the flexibility she needs as the situation constantly evolves. But the House, on the other hand, is requiring the quarter billion dollars be spent in specific ways, including $50 million for the creation of at least one overflow site 
If that requirement isn't met within a month of the bill's signing, the House's version says officials can revoke Healy's cap at 7,500 families. The House version also requires $5 million to go toward workforce authorization programming, an area where Healy wants to focus on. The goal is to get a bill both sides agree on to Healy's desk by the time both the House and Senate's formal sessions end for the year later today. The budget must now be reconciled with the House. The 23 schools in Massachusetts that use an image of an indigenous person as their school mascot would have to start looking for new names and logos under a bill that advocates are hoping will get passed this session. After years of contentious debate over Native American mascots in school districts, some indigenous activists say it's time to take the decision out of local hands. The bill would require that the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education bar Massachusetts public schools from using an athletic team or school mascot name that represents or is associated with Native Americans or denigrates any racial, ethnic, gender, or religious group. It includes a carve-out to allow indigenous tribes to use a native-related name or logo, as well as for tribes to give explicit consent for a school to use their name. The bill began advocating to remove the mascots from schools 25 years ago. There were over 90 districts in Massachusetts that used a Native American on their logos. North Quincy High School redesigned its Yaku mascot several years ago to reflect a Revolutionary War patriot rather than a Native American and also dropped the red from the Red Raiders slogan. Today, there are 23 Bay State schools that continue to use indigenous mascots, nicknames, or logos, according to the New England Anti-Mascot Coalition, including the Belrica Memorial High School Indians, the High School of Commerce in Springfield's Red Raiders, and the Middleborough High School Sachems. Similar bills have been filed every session since 2017. Against the backdrop of what elected officials on both sides of the aisle have called a housing crisis in Massachusetts, advocates took to Beacon Hill yesterday to try to convince lawmakers to advance a controversial policy to allow rent control in the state again. Seems to be little appetite among state officials to enable the change. Governor Healy filed a massive housing bill last month, which notably excluded rent control, and the Housing Committee waited 11 months into the legislative session to schedule a hearing for bills related to prohibiting large rent increases. But advocates who gathered yesterday in support of the bill that would revive local option rent control nearly 30 years after voters banned it, said that it is an essential tool to address the housing affordability crisis that's forced tenants out of their homes. The representative's bill would, among other things, allow cities and towns to prohibit landlords from raising rent over a predetermined percentage each year. Some housing advocates called recalled instances when their rents rose as high as 60% in one year. The controversial topic has attracted a well-funded opposition campaign and a ballot campaign to put the question of rent control before voters failed last week. Opponents with real estate interests argue that rent control inhibits housing production, discourages landlords from maintaining higher quality apartments, and drives down property tax revenue. 
Governor Healy removing the acting prefix and made Monica Tibbetts not the state's full-fledged transportation secretary Monday, putting her fully in charge of trying to stabilize the MBTA and make inroads in the efforts to ease traffic congestion. One year ago, many on Beacon Hill thought Tibbetts Nutt would be considered for the transportation secretary role in Healy's new administration. Instead, Healy appointed Gina Fiendaka as secretary and named Tibbetts Nutt as transportation undersecretary. When Fiendaka resigned in mid-September, Tibbetts Nutt took over as acting secretary. The announcement from Healy's office included eight bullet points detailing her work as acting secretary including receiving more than $108 million in federal grant funding meant to lay the groundwork for East-West Rail, leading emergency construction after flooding last month, working with the MBTA to extend ferry service deeper into the fall, and submitting applications for federal help for major projects like the Cape Cod Bridges replacement. Tibbetts Nutt, former executive director of the 128 Business Council Transportation Management Group, previously served on the board of directors of MassDOT and as vice chair of the MBTA Fiscal and Management Control Board, which oversaw the T from 2015 until it dissolved in 2021. After Healy won last year's gubernatorial election, she co-chaired the transitions team's How We Get Around Policy Committee. Also serves as vice president of the nonprofit Youth Engagement Planning, which brings urban planning and community advocacy into K through 12 environments. And Healy's office said Tibbetts Nutt commits a significant portion of her time to mentorship through a role on the board of advisors to the Rappaport Institute for Greater Boston and through less official channels. EMD Serono Merck. North American drug development business plans to move its U.S. headquarters to Boston Seaport District from its longtime home in Rockland next summer. The drug makers taking two floors of office space, or just over 60,000 square feet, on Pier 4 Boulevard. It has about 400 employees assigned to its Rockland office right now, although some work remotely. The new space will have room for about 200 employees at a time, the company has an option to expand to other floors in the building over time. Check of business news. This morning, stocks soared yesterday. The Dow shot up 489 points. The Nasdaq rose 326. The S&P added 84. Asian shares also surged higher. The dollar rose. The euro was flat. Oil at $78 a barrel. Sports Bruins beat the Sabres in Buffalo 5-2. They'll be back home Saturday night at 7 against Montreal. Tonight, Celtics are in Philly against the Sixers at 7.30. The National Weather Service forecast. For today, partly cloudy and a high 52. For tonight, clear. Lows in the mid-30s. Sunday tomorrow, high 61. Friday, mostly sunny. And a high of 64. And then rain on Saturday, a high of 56. Sunshine returns Sunday, high 47. The boater waves about a foot. The wind out of the west at 5 becomes southwest later today on high tide at 12.13 p.m. Sunrise 6.34 sets 4.22. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Wednesday, November 15th.